You are listening to episode 263 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Brian. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we square off 5v5 in our top console clash. So this week, Ryan and I are actually going to be ranking for ourselves our uh, top five Nintendo consoles. So that is inclusive of both handhelds as well as, you know, sitting back in front of your couch and hanging out in front of your TV. So um, before we start that, though, you can find us on thegameinflators.com, our currently up to date website. Um, but depending on when you're listening, to this, it might be out of date. We'll see. You can only but hope. You can only hope that it's up to date, but, you know. I can only do so much. Uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook. That's going to be at the Game Deflators on X as Game Deflators. And also we're on threads. So you can find us as I think it's Game Deflators or the Game Deflators on there as well. Do uh, they not on, uh, either? I, I don't remember, but there's three posts on threads. So go check it out. Move it on. Uh, YouTube as well. We're on there. Uh, so search up Game Deflators on YouTube. And uh, lastly, you are listening to a podcast and on a podcast app. So leave us a five-star review, comments, etc. We'd appreciate it. All right. Current pickups or recent pickups. Uh, so more magic cards have come in for me. Uh, I got my, uh, let's see if I got it here for the camera for you, Ryan. Uh, I got three wandering emperors have come in right there. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. I actually like the design on this one. I don't know if you can see that, right? Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, so it's like the alternate style, which I really like. Uh, so I got that that came in, and that'll be going towards my blue-white control deck. So we'll see how that works. And then as far as games, I still don't have any games. I know we're recording on a shorter week um, right now. And uh, yeah, no video games. I looked for Cyber Monday. I didn't see anything that I wanted. Like, again, and funny enough, I mean, we all knew it was going to be the same crap again. Uh, so it was the same exact discounts for the same exact games that were on Cyber Monday. Like nothing changed. And then my favorite thing was today. Um, I was looking at like Best Buy does their 12 days of Christmas thing. And they have like a sale each day for certain items. And sometimes there's video games. Birds. So what's that? Do they have bird sales? Maybe. I don't know if they have bird sales. They might. So this dude hops on a Facebook group. He's like, oh, my God, guys, look. The new uh, Mario Rabbids game is on sale. And I'm like, it's been on sale for like Dude. a month for 15 bucks. The best part about it is it was $17.99. So it was $2 more or no, $3 more to buy it as like the special deal uh, after Black Friday and um, and Cyber Monday. So, I mean, that goes to show you that the game either isn't selling very well and are just trying to get rid of it. Or it just kind of goes back to the whole thing that we discussed the other day where like these retailers are not exactly putting out fantastic deals that are like, oh, I have to have this title. You know, like it's games like that's the sale that normally is at, right? Like that's a normal price point. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've seen reports of like people went to Target and they took off the Black Friday sign for the discount and it's the same exact sale as like that's been run for a while. So, <laughs> I mean... I called it as well, like 
you know, looking at those discounts online, they, they weren't exactly heavy discounts. And the games that I was like, you know, really wanted like, whoa, long. Uh, yeah, I went down like 35 bucks, but now I'm seeing it consistently on eBay for about $35, $40. So in my mind, that's now the new regular price anyways. So mm -hmm. it wasn't exactly like a special deal that was only going to happen then. I think the only time where it's like really applicable to, you know, oh, this is a fantastic price is with brand new games. So when you think Street Fighter, the new Street Fighter was $30, right? So that in itself is actually a pretty good deal. If you're like a day one type of person or you have to have it within the first couple months, like that's a good deal. Uh, but when you start looking at games that have been out for a while and you're throwing, oh, it's 15 bucks, that's 20 bucks. And that's normally the discounted rate that you see almost every month. Yeah, wasn't wasn't doing it for me. So Cyber Monday, there was nothing. Yeah, I mean, you track these sales a lot more than I do and uh, always seem to be pretty on top of it. I'm not sure exactly what, you know, the who had the best deals that you saw out there, you think? Uh, to be honest, I liked a lot of what Best Buy had um, when I was looking at games, but a lot of the stuff that I would have wanted was sold out. Mm. already at that point and the reason it was sold out is because it's games that have been on sale for a while you know um, some of them are a little cheaper you know than their normal discounted rate uh, but they've been out for a while order games that just have literally been on the shelves for quite a while at this point or a year or two and they're just sold out in general so they just didn't have them available uh, GameStop had some good deals as well overall but the problem I found with GameStop is that yes it was new games that they were selling like 50% off and there was buy two, get one unused titles. But when I was looking for certain games, I'm like, Oh, that's a cool game. Like I really want that. It wasn't available to ship to home. It was, Oh, pick up in store. So the issue I had there was, yeah, say there was a game I really wanted and it said pick up in store. Well, it wasn't available to me in a 50 mile radius type mm -hmm. of thing. So yeah, I mean, it just kind of comes down to, I just kind of buy games throughout the year. Occasionally, like if something yeah. catches my eye and it's a good deal or generally like a discounted rate, I'll pick it up, which is like, for example, uh, I got my wife a gift online uh, gaming related, and it was a game that I think I have it on PlayStation Plus. I'm like, I'd want a physical copy of that uh, for her to be able to pop in and out whenever she wants and not worry about if I have PlayStation Plus updated and uh, and I'm subscribed to it. So I picked it up and it was like 15 bucks. I'm not going to say which game, just in case you can overhear me. Um, but it's normally, I don't know, $25. Is what the mm -hmm. game normally costs and it was fifteen dollars so i was like let me go ahead and grab that um but that's that's usually how it goes throughout the year in general for me i'll see random titles like endling extinction for example i think i bought that for 10 bucks and i don't see it anywhere for like less than 15 20 right so i found it at a decent price at that point it was price matched on amazon for whatever reason i just said screw it let me pick it up it's a random title that i may play at some point it looks so. super sad uh, yeah, I think it's super short too. So that's a, that might be one that you and I can play for future inflation deflation. Cause I don't think it's a very long game. If I recall, I mean, it's definitely longer than what we would play. Yeah, I know we can maybe grind out a little longer than normal, just get some more playthrough on it. Mm -hmm. Well, so other than that, uh, I am of course still playing tales of symphonia and Mario wonder, uh, Mario wonder. We are in the third world i think and so i could provide a little bit of an update on that compared to you know where i stood the other day so when it comes down to the badges uh that you get there are you know i had noted that there's a lot of things in the badges i'm like yeah the character should kind of already have that um 
Yes and no. You know, I, I get where some badges come into play. Like there's a dolphin badge and that dolphin kick badge you need for certain like water levels to go upstream and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, or there's one that we got recently was you hold down and like hold down on the joystick and then it shoots like it's a super jump basically, right? Okay. Like little things like that. So, you know, do I think all of the items that we're getting on badges should be on the characters already. I think there's an argument for yes or no, right? Some of them are situational. Like you go into a level and you're like, oh man, I really need the dolphin kick to get through this level. But if I had my double wall jump, I could totally get to that particular coin, right? Or that particular box that's hanging out up top. Um, so I, I can see where like the replayability, like they want you to go back into levels and do extra stuff. But at the same time, like, could we hypothetically like allow in certain instances, you know, Mario can do his dolphin kick or Mario just already has the ability to do his super jump. Like, why do we need to have a badge attached to it? So I think it's a little, it's a little unnecessary still, you know, to have these badges. I do think that they should be already on the characters, but I can see why they didn't incorporate them into like the character. Right. And just make it like a straight up ability that they can do at all times. So I get that piece. Um, as far as the platform is concerned, there are a few things like the special level or special world is definitely difficult. So that's a nice, like refreshing challenge to the game. Mm -hmm. There's been a, a number of instances where I go up to levels like, oh, it's four stars or five stars difficulty. And I get it. I'm like, mm, it's not really that difficult. Right. But the super like or the special level is yeah, like that's definitely some hard stuff. An actual challenge. Yeah. So that's actually an actual challenge, which is fun. Um, and then we had another one that was like timed platforms and like they disappear. So there's like this musical tone that goes and like the platforms appear, but then they disappear behind you. And so you're pretty much racing platforms. And if you slip, fall, whatever it may be, or miss your jump, you're done and you got to restart the whole level. So there's a couple things like that that were pretty fun to get into. Um, have I changed my tone as far as like there's too much things going on for this? No, I think there's still a lot going on in this Mario game. Um, you know, it, it is a bit much sometimes like there's a level where when every time you jump, these like spike shell creatures also jump, you know, and it's just, you know, is it fun to go around this stuff? Is it a challenge? Not really. Is it 100% necessary? Not really. But what else? Are, I mean, we're looking at what, 30 something years of Mario. Like what else are they going to tie in? at this point right they have to have like new things integrated um that haven't been in other games and so i get it they're just kind of throwing things in there um you know just to throw them in i feel but yeah overall the game's all right still and uh we're gonna beat it you know i i don't i don't unfinish mario games they get defeated uh and then i will still maintain my stance the elephant is the most useless power-up i've ever used okay yeah i it's just ridiculous it's yeah. not good I mean, it's, this is, uh, I don't know, hot take, I guess. Most people seem to really like it. I guess I haven't really heard anybody really talk about it as being as meh as you. But, I mean, I would probably be in a similar boat. I mean, I went through Odyssey, and everybody loves that game. And I don't have anything bad to say about it, but it's just not really my cup of tea. And, I mean, just as much as you are a, a 2D platformer, maybe this just isn't, you know exactly what you were wanting from it you thought it was going to bring a little bit more to the table yeah i mean like i said i feel it's brought a little bit too much to the table sometimes 
Um, I kind of just, I like the classic Mario vibe. And like, I think when you look at like New Super Mario Bros. World, or not worlds yeah new super mario bros world like the the newest ones that have come out um that are 2d platforming style um they stick to a lot of like the classic pieces of mario Mm -hmm. that make mario fun right like you have your ice you've got your your same enemies kind of going through it's a lot of the same stuff and this one they put in a lot of a lot of new stuff in this game um and trying to give like somewhat of a fresh take but at the same time it's not and I, I do think it is a bit much. And I know it's a hot take for sure. Like it, it's definitely a hot take, um, especially on the elephant, because like you said, people love the elephant so much. But I just think it's extremely clunky. Like it is a clunky, slow moving. I mean, yeah, you could speed up and you can do certain things with it, but it just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good to play as the elephant in Mario. Like I find myself whenever there's like a random block that's like going through different power ups and you can hit it and one pops up. I'm like cursed every single time I hit one of those, a damn elephant pops up and I'm just like, I just sigh. My wife looks at me. She's like, what did you want? I'm like anything but the elephant. Like, you know, um, but moving on from Mario and, uh, and that whole piece tales of symphonia. So I got past the, uh, the whole section with the designs burning down the town and then them kicking out Lloyd. And then what's the name of the person with uh, the other person he's with right now? Forget Genus. Yeah. Genus. So um, Genus and Lloyd have been uh, expelled from the village and things are still on fire uh, and they make their way out. I did find it really creepy by the way, like the monster from the ranch uh, when it comes out, it was like very much, you know, and I know I'll probably learn more about like what the heck they're actually doing, but it was very clearly the person that they were trying to save or talk to at the ranch had been transformed into that nasty creature that tried to rescue them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty interesting to kind of see that whole piece come to fruition. And then as far as battling is concerned, I'm definitely feeling a lot more comfortable like chaining attacks. It's something that I've realized that I can do. So, you know, your standard slashes and then your like special ability power ups that you are not power ups, but your multiple stabs and your lunging and all of that stuff in the demon i think it's demon blade is the name of that move so how you can chain attacks a little bit is kind of cool mm-hmm. um and so yeah i'm liking that and then i'm making my way to i think it's the desert that i need to go to okay. so that, that's where i'm heading right now um i looked at the timing of how long i've been in the game and i think it's about three and a half hours that i've played so far and i'm level eight so i I don't know what the max level is don't really care i'm just gonna play through it if i run into situations where i'm just like dying consistently on a boss battle i'll go level grind i don't remember having to grind a lot because i've never been a big grind person yeah although the combat's pretty fun so later on when you're trying to do cool stuff it's pretty easy yeah the combat's not bad i actually enjoy it um it is a different take on that type of rpg because i mean like you have your standard like you know rpgs where you're kind of action rpgs where you're like in the midst of a top-down view or 3d view action rpg this takes of course that 2d approach which um you know i've played older rpgs obviously where you have that 2d type of approach and your characters are lined up in such a manner uh where you see all of them and obviously choose your attacks and this is like it's a nice change of pace i mean you got the action rpg style with the ability to select certain things as well um 
and then just being able to change characters is also pretty interesting, like mid battle. So yeah, I, I like all that. It's, it's really cool so far. So I'm glad I'm playing it. It was off of a random, you know, Hey, let me finally get to this. And I'm glad I started it. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. How about yourself? So for me, I have not picked up, uh, anything new this week. Um, not a, <laughs> I, uh, I've been playing more backpack. I have not buckled down to finish up Pikmin yet, but I feel it coming. It's almost December. It needs to get done. This is the time that we finish our games, or at least I do. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, backpack came out with, um, man, they changed a bunch. So like, it's, it's just a demo. It's still free on steam. Anybody who wants just like a nice, easy time waster game. It's really fun. Um, but yeah, they're constantly releasing updates for it still and testing out the balance. So I was losing really, really badly in the last patch. And now I've kind of figured out that I think spikes are the way to go this patch. I'm really cleaning up with a bunch of spikes. So that's different than what I was building before. So still keeping it a bit fresh there. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'm starting to try to think about what my new game's resolution for next year is going to be, because we're going to have to be talking about that here pretty soon, too. Yeah, I'm still up in the air, man. Like, do I play an RPG? Do I play, you know, I don't know, Killzone, you know, or some some third person shooters and first person shooters? Not 100 percent sure yet. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of options out there. Uh, I always forget. So I played Cardia this past year, right? So, yeah. yeah, So that was an older PS. And that's another thing, right? Do I play another PS1 RPG that I haven't played? There's quite a few actually on my shelf that I would just love to, you know, dig into. And maybe that's what I do. Maybe I just look into one of those. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll go through all that. Uh, Next week, we'll also be talking about the Game Awards because those are going to happen this week. So. Mm -hmm keep an eye out for future game deflators but this week we're trying something a little bit different a little bit new well before we dive into that did you want to do a discussion topic oh yeah sure so i figured we could just kind of chat the most recent D session oh yeah yeah D. yeah so uh we started everyone year two. who has been listening to our our trials and tribulations as we go through john's wacky magic school it's not my magic school it's wizard's magic school uh, pun intended, I guess. Uh, but the team has started uh, series, not series, Jesus. Um, year season two. two. Year season two. Uh, no, year two of Strixhaven. Uh, so with this one, I mean, obviously I've been sick for a while. So like prep has not exactly been easy and I'm still getting over crap. Um, hopefully I could do a little prep this week and, and plan, you know, obviously I got at least 17 days to prep, so I don't have much of an excuse. I should be ready by then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you guys obviously started year two and you guys started it off with a bang uh, in that Did we ever Groff Lundquist, the shopkeeper that is feuding with Joel and stealing his secrets, uh, sold students a pill that acted as a severe laxative. And you guys made your way through campus uh with shit everywhere literal shit. oh yeah yeah like wading through it yeah it was fantastic i don't even know how it came came about but like that happened 
And um, <clears throat> you guys also learned about the uh, the battle for Strixhaven, which will be a nice uh, little end game there for via the year. And of course, um, you guys you made your way up for the tournament. You guys signed up for the tournament, but before that, you were given the task of finding the little mascots that are roaming around. And uh, I'm still debating on how I want to do that, because, like, you know, I'd commented while we were playing that, you know, I don't like how to book. It's just like, oh, here's like 13 areas and these things happen right within these 13 areas. We already went through like half of it. You're still missing like two mascots, I think. Yeah. So I need to what I need to do for that, you know, and it's not to spoil anything for you. But I need to see how I homebrew some additional things in there that tie into other events and occurrences that have happened on the campus that the book go. doesn't call out. Cause like, it's just like a fetch quest at that point. And it's like, Oh, we're going to send, send them all to go look for these mascots. And you guys are looking for mascots and you're trying to, you know, look under rocks and hear them in the bushes and things like that and negotiate with them. And then of course you guys take random <clears throat> approaches. So like Jenny, where she tried, <laughs> I, I still think those most hilarious things. She got mad at me, said that I was railroading the campaign when, <laughs> when we were talking about an inkling that was scared shitless from from two giant praying mantis like creatures. And she's a praying mantis and hops out to try and capture it. And she's like, it shouldn't be scared. I'm trying to save it. I'm like, no, that's not how this would work. <laughs> so it was just funny how that worked out in the sessions. But uh yeah, I mean, not a whole lot has happened uh, since we last talked about it, but, you know, I, I assume that the last session what is, wasn't exactly the best session of of the campaign so far. I mean, you know, it, there's going to be hits and misses. There's going to be some slow sessions. I mean, I agree with you that maybe the book isn't presenting uh, this in the best light for how to run it or, you know, how to make the most of it. So definitely trying to throw your own thing in there. And I mean, the book's just for guidelines. You know, you're just using that as a jumping off platform to get from one thing to the next. So you don't have to write it all yourself. So, I mean, feel free to do whatever you want. I mean, most of the time, that's when the best kind of content comes out anyways. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I already kind of have the idea of what I want to do with you guys in there. Um you know, and it, it really does relate to, I mean, you guys have already kind of had a hint as to what's coming, you know, in the future. Yeah. And some of the things you've discovered, whether I or not, I put that into that section is up for debate, you know, how I approach it, but at least I'm seeding in things that will allow you guys to kind of think about it and say, oh, is this going to happen? Is it not? You know, you dealt with the whole first year where there's like weird you know, black tar type stuff everywhere that you're dealing with and all these random occurrences. You haven't had that happen so far, but you guys did find like the, the lettering or via the, the illegible text yeah. that matches your notebook and stuff like that, that you discovered. So trying We're to drop these together. Yeah. Trying to piece a little things here and there that I hope for like long-term purposes works uh, for the sessions and we'll, we'll see. So hopefully Keep we have some, hopefully we have some good fun soon all right let's talk our consoles here so uh what we did was we took every single nintendo console released and we put it into our own top five and within that top five uh we selected what we felt was the best game on that console oh is that what we were doing 
what we felt was the best game on that okay. console. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. just picked like a pretty good game from the console, uh, but I guess I'll I'll count it as a best game. We'll go with that. There we go. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at your list and all of these games that are noted are pretty much the games that you talked about nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, and I didn't even include like my favorite game on some of these consoles here, but uh, let's start at the, do you want to start at the bottom or go to the top first? Uh, we can start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. Okay. So top five, number five. Uh, so for me, I went with the super Nintendo DS. I love the DS in all of its mini iterations, but I chose to go with the DS because it's, it's not my favorite, but I spent a ton of time uh, playing on it. I love the innovation of two screens. Uh, the jump in quality for a handheld was just through the roof, like what you were able to get and play. Like I still remember, remember being absolutely blown away, uh, getting like a little Wi-Fi stick to plug into my computer tower at home because we didn't have like Wi-Fi and being able to play Metroid Prime Hunters like handheld versus my friends and stuff like that was just so cool back in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've mentioned before too at the DS in particular that I used to play a lot of like Mario, uh, Mario Kart specifically uh, with that in, you know, being able to play a shy guy. And my sister would play as, you know, whatever character and, and we would play through those games together in the car. Uh, so I, I did have a lot of, uh, you know, experience with with that console in particular, but I mainly had greater experiences with the 3DS because that was my go to as far as handheld yeah. was concerned. But that did not make number five for me. Uh, number five for me was the Wii U. And honestly, I would have put it higher on the list because I love the Wii U. It's actually one of my favorite Nintendo consoles, but they have a lot of consoles that have had a lot more games that have been put out uh, in comparison to the Wii U. Uh, so I kind of had the market five uh, due to that reason. But as far as favorite game is concerned, uh, Mario Kart 8 is my favorite on that console. Uh, I played a lot of Mario Kart 8. I got very good at that game. Um, and whenever we'd have friends over, I mean, it was just very easy to just be like, hey, let's put four people on this console and, and have at it. And I think you play up to eight players, if I recall, hmm. on Mario Kart 8. Or no, that might be Smash Bros. Um, Probably regard, regardless, fun, fun game. There's a reason that it was re-released on the Switch and that they've added so many tracks to it. Um, it. It was not a bad release. It was just more so the issue of the Wii U just didn't sell. Yeah, and they could just keep it going. I mean, I was just playing Mario Kart 8. Oh, that's what I've been playing. I've been playing some Mario Kart 8 still. Right, yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, it's so good. I didn't I completely skipped over my favorite game or game that I picked for the console. <laughs> so I picked uh, Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. I know one. we were just talking last week and John is overwhelmed with the Metroidvania, but this is a good one. Uh, this was actually, I think, one of the first Castlevania games I played. It's definitely the first one I ever bought. I remember it was so much fun. The uh, the guidebook that I had for it was uh, kind of a smaller one, and it was reversible because, like, at the end of the game, you play through, like, the reverse castle or whatever, like, in classic Castlevania style. So it's like you would play all the way through the game up to one point and then flip the manual over and then go through the other way. So it was pretty cool. I liked all the, you know, false 
endings that you would run into and thank goodness i had the guide to get through but like the soul system in that game and just how you're able to kind of i don't know you've got a lot of customization for how you want to approach between all the different gear and the different souls you can equip and and how you can kind of play around with it it's it's really fun i wish i still had that game so that i could go back and play it more i I know those uh, ds games aren't getting any cheaper i might actually have that one that's a good one yeah i think i do Uh, i actually came across a GameStop one time that had a bunch of loose castlevania games and a lot of uh and a bunch of loose uh dragon quest games uh yeah dragon quest and so with those in particular i bought them and then i just printed out my own covers and then uh and that was it so they're you know loose copies technically but they look good on the shelf with those covers i made uh so yeah all right number four I'll, i'll kick off number four here uh 3ds for me uh i would say specifically the 3ds xl uh would be my favorite uh for number four and um super mario 3d land is my favorite game on that and i've played a number of 3ds games i own a number of 3ds games super mario 3d land to me was the most fun that i had on that console as far as the 3d experience is concerned that to me was like top notch in in the experience i had it probably was gave me the least amount of motion sickness out of all of the possible 3d games i could have played and you know the whole like how i came about that I, I knew a guy that worked at a pawn shop and so I'd get like stellar deals from this guy. And so I got like my wife's 3DS, my 3DS, a Mario game and several other games for like 150 bucks at the time. Yeah, and cool. like, yeah, great deal at the time. Uh, so I used to actually take this when I was a, a substitute teacher. I would actually take my 3DS XL and then whenever kids were on break, I would play Mario. Nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun uh, to do that. So I, I I remember that one pretty pretty extensively based on those experiences and just you know just the sheer amount of fun that it was you know that was I wouldn't say that it was my first like foray into Mario 3D style you know but it was definitely my favorite experience out of all of them yeah, yeah. good console uh so number four for me and this you know I I wanted to put it higher on the list but just looking at my favorite things i i had to fit it where i could i got the super nintendo classic uh you know that's the first video game console i ever had growing up it's got so much nostalgia i mean i got my super nintendo mini right here next to me at my desk um all-time great you know i understand why some people would probably be their top of all time it's got a fantastic library it really brought gaming into kind of like a real next level like seeing the super nintendo versus you know what the nes could do was like night and day difference and it was amazing um and my chosen game i've never even actually played <laughs> on an <laughs> actual super nintendo and i doubt i ever will but that is earthbound earthbound is one of the best rpgs i think of all time and one of my favorite games um it really is stellar it's kind of in its own class um i wish i knew the name john of the book that we wrote those things for do you know uh because i wrote my um, herb on earthbound for that yeah yeah it's not out yet it's brian rigsby yeah retro game books yeah so we wrote um 
Ryan wrote specifically on, it's funny. I think both our games are on here. So you wrote about earthbound. I'll reveal mine here in a bit. Um, the game that I wrote about, but yeah, yeah we, we wrote, you know, short form piece on, uh, it was about maps, world retro. Maps. Yeah. World maps and going into detail on like why we like those world maps yeah. and a little review about it. So, uh, keep an eye out for Brian's book and, uh, we'll be featured in that one. So, uh, so, uh, just to comment on super Nintendo, I'm, I'm not surprised by where you rated it because I know that you, yeah, it's one of your first consoles, but your experience was primarily with other consoles that have been out of market over the years. So, um, I'm not shocked where you put it, but at the same time, I wouldn't have put it that low. Yeah. <laughs> and so we'll, uh, we'll reveal that location. Cause we know super Nintendo is on my list. It's gotta be, I've talked about it for many times over the years. Um, so where it stands, you'll find out. But we're not a number three, and we're we're at the same place on this one. I, I'm surprised we actually did line up on something here. Yeah. Uh, so we both lined up on GameCube uh, for our favorite, or not favorite, but our uh, number three on this list. Uh, you know, I've I looked at this from the idea of quality of games that are on the console. And the experiences that I've had with that, right? So GameCube was not one I owned until much later on in life. Uh, but I did pick up a number of GameCube games over the years. So I kind of missed this in terms of buying new releases and enjoying those games because I was busy playing PlayStation 2, right? And then I was busy playing PlayStation 3. I didn't really start diving into GameCube until much later. Um, so definitely not the same type of experience as most people, probably not even the same as yourself. But what I will say is I played a lot of smashies yeah. on that game console and that was throughout college. So throughout like we just that's what we did. We'd play smashies. We go to each other's house. Somebody would have a GameCube. I owned a controller for GameCube, even though I didn't have a GameCube. <laughs> right. I owned a copy of Smash Bros, even though I didn't own a GameCube at the time, because, well, I would bring it just in case the person that yeah. owned it, you know, <laughs> did not. You're did down not bring... for Smash. Yeah, it's First like why you're here. Yeah, we were always down for Smash. Somebody had Smash in their house, and that's what we did. Uh, so it was always fun, you know, a group of like 10, 12 of us just sitting back playing Smash Bros, rotating out whoever lost, obviously, like not lost, but whoever got fourth Yeah, uh, when we played, they'd give that's up their lost. controller. Um, and then everybody else top three would normally play. So it was always fun. Like everybody had their specific characters. I always had Jigglypuff, so I was constantly like on the corner, rolling, hitting people, hitting them with rest when they weren't expecting it, just like people cursing. It was great. So that's what we did. And it's always like the most memorable moments. And of course, there's different games on there. Like we've played Eternal Darkness uh, for the podcast. We had uh, Mario Sun. I don't know if we played Mario Sunshine, but I've played through Mario Sunshine. Um, Star Fox. I, I love the Star Fox game on there. I think that's very different. And then uh, you've got your game as well that you enjoy yeah i mean gamecube is one of my growing up consoles that i got uh that i spent a ton of time with i had like the portable screen it was like in the car when we were road tripping to california i took it on vacation uh, you know bringing it over to friends houses and everything played loads of smash um i i think the gamecube has one of my favorite libraries for any nintendo console um it's just got so many great things i mean everything that you named plus you know double dash uh luigi's mansion 
Resident Evil 4, my favorite game of all time. Uh, Resident Evil uh, 1, the remake, the first remake for, uh, you know, a Resident Evil game is on there and still looks gorgeous and fantastic to this day. Uh, Tales of Symphonia that you're playing right now. And uh, one of my other favorite games of all time, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, which is getting a remake on Switch soon. And I can't wait to play that again and see what it looks like there. But uh, I still have my Thousand Year Door. I think it's the only GameCube game <laughs> that I own. Um, but I just I love the GameCube. I love the controller for the GameCube. I love the shape and the design. And I still wish that I had one. I'll probably get one one day. I know you could trick it out in all kinds of crazy mods and stuff now and do all kinds of neat stuff with it. But I would love to, um, you know, have it. I, I just love the everything about it. It's a great console. It's number three for me. Um, just cause there's other things that, that I like more for other reasons. Well, if you ever want a GameCube, I got like eight. Uh, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have stacks of them. Uh, yeah. And I, I came across GameCubes all the time when I would buy collections and I just didn't always sell them. <laughs> so I've just got stacks of GameCubes. I really got to get rid of them. Uh, all right. So number two, this is going to come to a shock for some people. Uh, Super Nintendo is on my number two. I had a very difficult time making my decision between console one and two. One and two. And I'll, I'll go into explanation when I, when we reveal number one. But uh, for me, obviously, Super Nintendo is my first console. Um, I played it a lot as a kid, played it a lot as a teenager, played it a lot into college. I haven't exactly played it a lot into my current adulthood or period of time in my adult life. Uh, but that's because there's just a lot going on, right? So I don't always have time to sit back and play. So you've got all games. kinds of PS5s now. Well, yeah. And then just kind of location where I have it is upstairs. My kids sleeping up there. You've um, got to be tethered to it. You can't like sit back on your couch and play it. Technically, I can because I have a Retron 5. Oh, okay. So I actually do, whenever I do play, I play on a Retron 5 and upscale. Um, I'm still in the middle of playing uh, one game. Um, Terra Enigma, actually, mm -hmm. is a game that I'm still technically in the middle of. And I stopped playing that because, you know, my, my kid goes to bed upstairs. So I have to close his door. And uh, during the summertime, I hate closing his door because it just gets hot in general in the house. Not, not that we don't have AC, but it, his room gets a little hotter than normal. Um, and so having the door, if that airflow is super helpful and I just don't want to potentially wake him up. So it's a time of the year now where I probably could start back on Terra Enigma and play it again. Um, but I just haven't, and I've got other games I'm playing right now. Anyways, more uh, important but, games. Yeah. More important games. Uh, but my game on that console is Donkey Kong country three. I mean, that should come to no surprise. Anyone. I, I love that game It is my ultimate favorite game on the super nintendo uh obviously there's people that will argue um you know that donkey kong country 2 is better or donkey kong country 1 no like i just i don't think either of those hold up a candle number three i love the soundtrack on this game the world map is something that i talked about in <laughs> in brian's book uh and put a piece in there on that and how that's all worked out and uh, of course the levels the banana birds everything is tied to it. it's just yeah it's just one of my favorites and I've played all three of them. Obviously uh, this one just always for me is the one that does it. I know it's not the same for everybody, but this one is definitely my favorite. Solid, solid. So 
Uh, number one for me was actually really easy because I think it's been my favorite console for a long time. So that made number two uh, a pretty good cinch as well. So I went with the Switch for my number two console because it's incredible. I love my Switch. Uh, you know, the genius idea of one console portable or not. I've played mine probably like 80% in handheld mode. Um, not that I don't like plugging into a TV and playing it on there. It's just, I love handheld gaming and playing from, you know, laying down on the couch or in bed or whatever, and not having to worry about where things are plugged in is so nice. Uh, plus it's, it's like the everything console, you know, it's got, um, I mean, you know, the switch NSO service isn't the best, but it does give you quite a little library between NES, SNES, uh, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy N64, uh, Sega's on there too. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that you could play on there. And then it's got so many indie games that I have really loved and enjoyed. Uh, plus they're porting everything under the sun to it. That <laughs> was like for Wii U and other consoles. And um, I just don't see a real end for sight. You know, it's one of the best selling consoles of all time. And I, I chose Animal Crossing New Horizons for this because it's probably one of the games that I played the most on the Switch. And I mean, both of the Zeldas are great. Odyssey was good, you know uh smash is awesome there's so many like premiere titles on the switch but i really feel like animal crossing is like the spirit of the switch it's just this fun cozy game that you want to play here there and everywhere and put a bunch of your time into and it, it's got that homey feeling that i associate with a lot of nintendo stuff so uh that's that's what i went with for my number two nice so uh, your number two actually is my number one, uh, which I did have a difficult time, you know, between putting the Switch and Super Nintendo. But the reason I ultimately went with the Switch is because of what you noted. Uh, the Switch has a lot of things that have been ported to it. There's a lot of opportunity to play games that are on Super Nintendo, Nintendo, GameCube, etc. Uh, well, GameCube coming in the future. Uh, remakes that have been coming out. Uh, so, I mean, it's just it is a catch all console. And it does have a good feel to it. It does have compatibility of like pro controllers. I actually didn't note uh, one of my pickups was uh, one of the power a controllers on a Nintendo switch, one of the rechargeable ones. I love it. It's so nice to be able to play like that. Um, and compared like the normal, you know, the two uh, joy cons connected and the little holder, like that's fine. Um, but in playing Mario wonder, I discovered that, when you're trying to run and jump, you hit the joystick by accident on the right hand side. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, no, I can't keep doing this. And so we got a pro controller specifically for that game. And uh, it's nice for two player, obviously, to have something else like that instead of the little tiny joy cons. Yeah. So we did get that for that reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, so they, it's definitely one of the best selling consoles of all time. It's, I think, the best console that Nintendo has released. And with that, the best Mario game. That I feel they've released and that's Mario Odyssey so Mario Odyssey for me it was in my mind that is perfection for Mario at least from a 3D perspective like that is the best 3D Mario that could have been released 
And there's so much that it has going for it. So many secrets, so many different costumes you can use, the integration of Amiibos. Um, it does have, obviously, the world vibe, the 3D world vibe going for it. Easily my favorite. Like, there's just no second place on that that comes close mm-hmm. to Mario Odyssey. Number one for me uh, is going to be a weird one. And a lot of people are going to be like, what? I have always said for a long time now that my favorite console of all time is the Game Boy Advance Micro. It's so tiny. It's so cute. It's got a bright, colorful little screen and an amazing pocket ability and a wonderful library to carry around and play with you wherever. Uh, So many good titles, so many good memories between like Pokemon, Golden Sun, uh, all kinds of things, things that are getting, you know, new remakes now and releases like the uh, Advance Wars series getting uh, the Reboot Camp Edition on Switch. So lots of room for Nintendo to keep mining some of these properties. I would love to see like a new Golden Sun for Switch or something. But my uh, chosen game is actually Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, a game I had never played until this very year um and never finished <laughs> but it's amazing <laughs> it's a really great quirky little mario rpg uh with some you know button timed combat that is really fun to uh get good at and provides a lot of challenge uh exploring the world is just so interesting uh trying to control two characters essentially at the same time with just the a and b buttons is such a simple scheme but they make it go so far and put so much into it um and it's just i don't know i love this package the design of it uh if i had all the money in the world i would get all the different colors for the game boy micro and make a little display out of them that would be like a dream collection goal for me but uh I, I just think it's the best. And if you don't agree, guess what? Make your own list. Tell us about it. <laughs> you know, I every time that I hear Game Boy Micro, I'm like, that console was designed for women's pants. <laughs> like, you know, women complain about like not having pockets. Like this thing fits Perfect. in women's pockets. Yeah, it's that small. Um, but, you know, I again, I'm not surprised that that's what you went with for your number one. I like uh, tiny things. Yeah, I mean, the dude has like collections of like tiny kitchens and like tiny ducks and other things like ryan is a big fan of tiny things i'm not sure why well no this is not the tiniest there are smaller consoles that's true that's true i hear uh your wife is in the tiny things too (laughs) sorry i had to throw it out there john i had to throw it out there uh (laughs) all right well definitely appreciate you all uh, sticking around for this of our top five Nintendo consoles. Uh, this is a first of hopefully, hopefully many. I mean, I mean, there's what, like three big players that we can go into for the most part right. and do a top five. And really, when you think about it, it's like PlayStation, what's the top five? Well, PlayStation five and is the highest you can go. I mean, no, not really, not really down. Technically, we could do Vita, we could do PSP and then we could do uh, PSP go. <laughs> So there is that option. Um, Xbox, we're kind of screwed, you know, unless we say X and Series S. Uh, I don't know. I include the the Microsoft operating system in there. 
Maybe, yeah, we include that. Um, you know, hey, look, if you could play Doom on a pregnancy test, then we can include that in there as well because it, it has to be running Windows 95, right? To be able to run that. things they can play Doom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd actually be a fun one. Uh, and then obviously we've got Sega that we could technically do Sega. And uh, we'll and see Ve- what happens. And Vectrix. Vectrix. We'll, like do, we'll do a top one on Vectrix. There we go. Yeah, there, there we go. Just top five Vectrix games. Um, that, uh, so was I talking to you about that, by the way, that like with Vectrix, we could do like a starter kit showdown and it would have to be like $1,500. That'd be so dumb. All right. Well, again, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, this has been episode 263 of the Game of Players podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.